Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Free speech is under assault like never before. Freedom is under attack more now than ever before. Because radical doesn't mean crazy. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. With the help of the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left is attempting to seize control of my generation. It's time to fight back. It's time to let freedom ring. Good morning. How is everybody doing this morning? We got a great show for you today. The left just continues to keep losing their minds over the Kyle Rittenhouse acquittal. Um, and we'll get into that in just one second. First, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go over to theconservativebriefing.com. I need you to sign up for the largest daily newsletter in America, T-H-E-C-O-N-S-E-R-V-A-T-I-V-E-B-R-I-E-F-I-N-G.com. Go ahead and sign up. Let them know that Noah sent you. Now, over the weekend, because as you guys know, Kyle Rittenhouse was freed of all charges on Friday. Over the weekend, the left has absolutely lost their mind. They are rioting in the streets. They are looting in the streets. There are videos in... Uh, in, uh, in, uh, I believe it was Portland and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play a little bit of that audio here in just a moment. Uh, there's, uh, of people rioting almost like people forgot what exactly caused what happened. Here, I'm going to play this clip. So, so far it, it's people throwing stuff at police officers and they start to attack. So people in Portland, Oregon, were rioting because they didn't agree with the Rittenhouse verdict. Okay. Do you know what would stop this senseless riot with a quickness? <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse. I'll see myself out. He's 100% right. Kyle Rittenhouse would have stopped that madness. The left continues to forget why we're in the situation we were with Kyle Rittenhouse. And to be fair, it's not their fault because they've been lied to for almost 18 months now. Or sorry, almost 14 months now. Now, I'm going to play this video. We're going to react to it a little bit of Midas Touch, which is a far left wing. Um, I guess they call themselves a new news publication. So let's just listen. Now that there is a ton of controversy surrounding Judge Bruce Schroeder, the judge presiding over the Kyle Rittenhouse case. So let's break down why the judge has sparked so much backlash over these past few weeks. During the pretrial where the judge and the attorneys agree on the ground rules for the upcoming trial, the judge refused to allow the men who were killed by Kyle Rittenhouse to be referred to by the prosecution as victims. The word victim is a loaded, loaded word. And as if this didn't set off enough red flags on its own, the judge did say that the defense could call those victims looters, arsonists, and rioters. And then we were off to the races. Early on, the judge... Okay, so he is technically correct that that is exactly what the judge said. But let's also not point out the fact that the defense wanted to bring up uh, Joseph Rosenbaum's prior um, pedophilia, where he has spent, I believe, 15 years in jail for forcefully touching minors. You see, Midas Touch won't tell you that. They won't tell you that the defense didn't let that. They will also won't tell you that the defense filed a motion to get the court case taken out. It was a, it was a, I can't think of the name of the motion, a relocation motion, basically, where they wanted the trial not to be done 
in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Denied. Let's keep listening. Decided to give the jury a lesson on the Bible to explain the concept of hearsay or something. And this is actually referred to in the in the Bible. St. Paul, when he was put on trial. Judges displayed an unusual amount of hostility towards the prosecution. Okay, so the judge mentioned the Bible and how in a court case, a court case in the Bible. Here, let's, let's, let's turn it back. You ready? Listen, listen to what Schroeder says. Actually referred to in the, in the Bible. St. Paul, when he was put on trial. Judges. When he was put on trial. When he was put on trial. But of course, any reference to anything religious, you know, makes Midas touch and the rest of the radical left just decide that they have ooh, ooh, the, the heebie-jeebies. Let's keep watching. Displayed an unusual amount of hostility towards the prosecution. Pardon me? That was before the Don't princess get line. brazen with me. It's hard to believe. Yeah, when he is, when the, def- that, that clip comes from when the defense was, or the prosecution was, was violating Kyle Rittenhouse's constitutional rights by saying he didn't speak to the police. Settled law in this country is what he goes on to say. Let's keep listening. ...that the jury wasn't allowed to know things, like the fact that Rittenhouse had said he wanted to shoot shoplifters at a CVS just 15 days before he shot the three men in Kenosha. Bro, I wish I had All right, start shooting. Or that there's video of what appears to be Rittenhouse beating a young girl. Or that there are photos of Rittenhouse celebrating his not guilty plea by hanging out with the Proud Boys at a bar, underage of course, and making white supremacist hand signals. And the judge actually downplayed these white supremacist hand signals by comparing them to Chef Boyardee. Next there were- Okay, so again, again, the judge was very consistent the entire time with not allowing prior incidents that that were that were not from that night prior incidents to be acknowledged including kyle's but with also including the three people uh the anthony huber gage grossicoots and uh and joseph rosenbaum they they weren't allowed to say that those three were convicted felons they weren't allowed to say six weeks after the fact joseph or sorry uh gage was uh was arrested for a dui they weren't allowed to say that they weren't allowed to say that Joseph Rosenbaum was a pedophile. So if he wants the jury to think, did Kyle Rittenhouse kill a pedophile? If he wants that to be what happens, by all means, he would get acquitted time after time and again. But these people are doing this. This guy, he's smart. The guy who's doing this, I can tell he's smart. He's smug, but he's smart. And he knows what he's doing. Let's keep listening. There's this unusual moment where the judge's phone rang during the trial, which is inappropriate enough on its own. But many have noted that the song appears to be Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA, which just so happens to be the same song that Donald Trump comes out to during his rallies. I had talked about. We're done in bad faith. Then during. Oh, my God. A song that has been a number one. A hit for golly decades now that even Obama has come out to. God bless the USA. Oh my God. How is that? And it's, this means because Judge Schroeder has a ringtone that appears to be God bless the USA. That of course, this is a, he's a right wing Trump supporter, which again, we'll debunk later on. Let's keep watching a lull in the trial, Judge Schroeder was seen flipping through a cookie catalog booklet. Seriously. But during a lull in the trial, what'd you want him to do? Just look at Kyle Rittenhouse, stare through his soul? This is what we're up against, guys. They're not very smart. 
Judge Cookie Monster did not stop there. On Veterans Day, the judge made a point to ask the jury to applaud the defense witness. Dr. Black is, uh, uh, what branch? Okay, and uh, I think we give a round of applause to the people who've served this country. Then that same... He didn't even say, okay, jury, clap for him. He said, I think we can give a round of applause. He claps. I'm sure people who were there clapped because it was Veterans Day and they were honoring a veteran. Are you serious? He said, thank you for your service. Therefore, he's a right-wing Trump-supporting racist Nazi. This is what we are up against. This is what the radical left is. They're not hiding it anymore. This is what they are. Are you freaking kidding me? The left has lost their minds. Let's keep watching. Hey, when the judge broke for lunch, he decided to make this ill-advised joke. Uh, let's hope for one o'clock. I don't know. The, uh, hope the Asian food isn't coming. It's on, isn't on one of those boats in Long, uh, Long Beach Harbor. Judge Schroeder. Oh, my God. He made a joke about the supply chain crisis that even the left is talking about. Oh, my God. You're right. This guy, we should put him on trial for being a right-wing, white, 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 right-wing supremacist. Right-wing, white supremacist. You, you get what I'm trying to say is no outlier in our system. And the only reason we are seeing his bias and his incompetence is because this is an extremely high profile case that it's being broadcast on all the major news network. And when we talk about things like structural racism and other structural issues in our country, I want you to think about just how many Judge Schroeders there are out there. Think about all the black and brown defendants out there on the stand in front of Judge Schroeders throughout the country who aren't getting media attention, out in front of police like Judge Schroeder, out in front of attorneys like Judge Schroeder, every single day, and we don't hear about it at all. And once you realize that, you'll quickly understand why we have the disparities that we do in our country. That guy is, he has lost his mind. Now, what he did not tell you is it's very possible that Judge Schroeder is a Democrat. Now, obviously, judges, for the most part, do not run politically. Uh, what I should say, they don't run with a party. Now, the state's Supreme Court in Georgia is a political, uh, they run Republican-Democrat. But a lot of times in these local ones, I think they're Superior Court judges. They are not politically. They are not tied to the Republican. They're nonpartisan races. But Judge Schroeder was appointed by a Democrat way back in 1983. He's currently the longest-serving uh, I want to say uh, Superior Court judge in the state of Wisconsin. So he is he is one of, the, but because he didn't toe the party line, because he didn't go ahead and say that Kyle is a white su white supremacist right wing Nazi. I mean, if I had to look it up, I would almost guarantee that Judge Schroeder probably did not vote for Donald Trump. But this gets to a bigger issue that we'll get back to in just a second, right after this. Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. 
Did you know that a business's location is one of the top factors in its success? In Ohio, we work to help you succeed on all fronts. Our diverse culture and highly educated workforce make hiring great talent easy. At the same time, our business climate and tax structure promote growth and spur innovation. Explore how Ohio is for you and your business at jobsohio.com slash success. So um, after, shortly after the trial, same day of the trial, uh, when, when he was cleared, when, when Kyle Rittenhouse was cleared, everybody's least favorite representative from New York, Jerry Nadler, said this. Uh, he called for him to face federal charges. Uh, this is via Carmine Sabia over at Conservative Brief. Democrats were predictably furious after Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty of murder, and now they're looking for other ways to get what they believe is justice. When elected officials express disappointment in a jury verdict, it becomes concerning, and one of those politicians were, was New York Representative Jerry Nadler. He said, quote, this, is, this heartbreaking verdict is a miscarriage of justice and sets a dangerous precedent, which justifies federal review by the Department of Justice. Justice cannot tolerate armed persons crossing state lines looking for trouble while people engage in First Amendment-protected protests, he said in a tweet. In order for Rittenhouse to face federal charges, because even I know this, there are several complicated factors that can make it unlikely for federal prosecutors to pursue this case. One being double jeopardy. But for most homicide cases, federal law typically only applies in crimes that specifically violate federal law. Like how if you rob a bank, you're not going to be in the state, you know, for that crime, you, you can't, you're not going to be prosecuted at the state level because it's a federal crime. According to Shouse Law Group, a criminal justice team in Los Angeles, the crime of murder, quote, is prosecuted in state courts as a state crime, but murder becomes a federal crime when it occurs in violation of a federal law or when it takes place on a federal land or territory. The federal crime of murder is defined as the unlawful killing of a human being with malice afterthought. In general, there are seven scenarios when killing an unlawful person violates the law of the federal government. Now, I'm going to list these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and you tell me which one Kyle did, what, what he broke, okay? If the murder is of a federal judge or federal law enforcement, the killing is of an immediate family member of a federal law enforcement official, the murder is of an elected or appointed federal official, the, commit, the killing is committed during a bank robbery. The killing takes place aboard a ship at sea that is engaged in interstate commerce per the Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution. The murder was designed to influence a court case. The killing takes place on federal property. Which one of those did Kyle do? I, I can't find one. However, he was joined by President Biden, who also expressed dismay with the verdict. He said, I stand by what the jury has concluded. The jury system works and we have to abide by it, he said to reporters at the White House. But after some time, old Joe got, got angry and he said, quote, while the verdict in Kenosha will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included, we must acknowledge that the jury has spoken. I ran on a promise to bring Americans together because I believe that's what unites us, that what unites us is farther than what divides us. I know we're not going to heal our country's wounds overnight, but I remain steadfast in my commitment to do everything in my power to ensure that every American is treated equally with fairness, dignity under the law. Let's take a stop there. First off, that's a lie. If you want him to be, everyone to be treated fair, why don't you treat the unvaccinated fairly? 
He said, I urge everyone to express their views peacefully, consistent with the rule of law. Violence and destruction of property have no place in our democracy. The White House and federal authorities have been in contact with, the gov- with Governor Evers' office to prepare for any outcomes in this case. I have spoken with the governor this afternoon and offered support and any insistence, assistance needed to ensure public safety. Anthony Huber and Joseph Rosenbaum are victims. They should be alive today. The only reason they're, n- they're not is because a violent, dangerous man chose to chose to take a gun and run across state lines and start shooting people. To call this a miscarriage of justice is an, uh, is an understatement. It's what Bill de Blasio put on Twitter. The far-right trolls who think it makes a difference whether a violent gunman got his weapon before or after he crossed state lines are missing the point. Two people are dead and their killer is left unaccounted. That's not justice and they know it. It's what the left said. It's what the left is saying. The left is routinely lying to people. This is why I, you know, I don't even necessarily get mad. The left was completely okay with ruining, ruining an 18 year old's life. Now he's actually going to be on Tucker Carlson and they released part of what he, his, um, what his episode is going to sound like. I'm going to play that clip right here. In just a second. So here is a clip of what he said that night. Nothing to do with race. Um, It never had anything to do with race. It had to do with the right to self-defense. Right. Um, I'm not a racist person. I support the BLM movement. I support peacefully demonstrating. And... I believe there needs to be change. I believe there's a lot of prosecutorial misconduct, not just in my case, but in other cases. And it's just amazing to see how how much a prosecutor can take advantage of somebody. This case has... So that is a clip of what uh, of the interview that's going to be on tonight at 8 o'clock on Fox News. No matter what happens, I will not be missing that episode because I want to see that full interview. Okay, the Congressional Budgets Office has released Build Back the Build Back Better Act will increase the deficit by $367 billion. This over uh, the Daily Wire by Ben Zeisloff. Now, this is important for a few reasons. Okay, it's important because they can't do it through reconciliation, meaning they, they can't, they need 60 votes in the Senate unless they'd go nuclear. And uh, Manchin has already pretty much said he's not getting rid of the filibuster. So, with that being said, um, that's why that's important, because then they'd have to be able to get 60 votes in the Senate, which they just won't do. The Congressional Budget Office, the federal government's nonpartisan fiscal scorekeeper, which is honestly, it's pretty partisan. I have a couple of buddies who have worked there before, and it's it's pretty. Anyway, said that the pending Build Back Better Act would add $367 billion to the deficit by 2031 or in 10 years. The legislation, which is which the House of Representatives passed on Friday, would spend $1.75 trillion on various social programs, including universal preschool, child care, subsidies, and climate change initiatives. Moderate Democrats were reportedly waiting to support the bill until they could review the Congressional Budget Office's analysis, which was released Thursday. Now, Treasure Secret- Treasure- Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen welcomed the CBO's analysis, knowing that the Treasury Department estimates that the crackdown on tax evaders would raise four. $100 billion. She said in a statement that with the combined CBO score, Joint Committee on Taxation estimates and her own department analysis made make it clear that Bill Back Better is fully paid for and in fact will reduce our nation's debt over time by generating more than $2 trillion through reforms 
that asked the wealthiest Americans and large and large corporations to pay their fair share. The bill would extend the American Rescue Plan's child tax credit increase and earned income tax credit expansion for a year. It would set up universal pre-K and child care subsidies to expire after six years, making the Affordable Care Act expansions available through 2025 and delay the requirement that businesses amortize research and experimentation costs until 2026. So it's saying that these will only last until then. But you and I both know that's not true because once something gets started in government, it takes an act of God to stop it. It takes an act. Of, it really does take an act of God to stop it. This is not what is truly going to happen. What actually is going to happen is first off for her. Let's take a bit. Do you guys remember when this was a, this was heralded as the infrastructure bill. They didn't even mention infrastructure one time. Universal pre-K is not infrastructure. They need to go handle those racist, uh, those racist bridges that we talked about a few weeks ago. What is going on right now is absolutely concerning and needs to be dealt with. I mean, we have Joe Biden who has no idea what's going on. He is just kind of moseying around the White House trying to feel the breeze as he walks through ruining our country, the country that President Trump delivered uh, so much good work for that now... I mean, let's look at, at, at Wakasha. Police issues in Wakasha, Wisconsin have issued a shelter-in-place order for everyone within a half mile of downtown. This is uh, over at the Daily Wire by uh, Ryan Zavidra. Law enforcement officials in Wisconsin issued a shelter-in-place now order for everyone within half a mile radius of downtown Wakasha, Wisconsin, late on Sunday evening following an incident in which a driver ran over multiple people during a Christmas parade. I mean, this is exactly what's happening. At least one was killed and more than 20 people hurt after car drives through cowed at Wakasha Christmas Parade. This is what's going on. There's lawlessness in the streets. Carroll University's locked down. I mean, seriously, this is what's going on. Because the left would rather cut funding to the police. They'd rather cut any sort of individual responsibilities in order to make their voters who live in their parents' basements happy. That's what's going on. And over there at uh, on the left, they're absolutely, I mean, they're going wild about what is happening, what happened um, in this, in this trial. MSNBC host was, quote, disgusted by, by Kenosha verdict, calls Rittenhouse a little murderous white supremacist. That's Tiffany Cross over at MSDNC, as Sean Hannity calls it. That's what she said on Saturday on her show. She devoted a good portion of the show to a lengthy conversation about Rittenhouse, who shot three people during the protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin. But what I'm seeing is they're not asking him to come on. Why don't they ask him to come on? She said, this is not a miscarriage of justice. This is to justice working as intended for white people. And the way you know that is because of the judge. The reason why I was able to predict that was because of the judge. The judge was in the tank for the defendant from the jump. I mean, literally before the trial, he was making motions and making rulings in favor of Rittenhouse. His actual decision making favored the defendant the entire time. Mista went on to argue that the justice system has been designed to be permissive of white violence and that no progress would ever be made unless the bias was confronted and addressed. 
Kyle Rittenhouse is just the latest beneficiary of that bias in the justice system. So let me get this straight. The left who preaches about prosecutorial misconduct, who preaches about uh, innocent people going to jail left and right uh, if they're minorities, who preaches about that, now, 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 now it's bad because Kyle Rittenhouse is white. Guys, you want me to tell you why the burden of proof is on the state, the prosecutorial team. It's because they, the state already has all the advantages. They have an unlimited budget. They have, they can dedicate as many lawyers as they have in their office to it. They can run, they can, they can do, they can ruin lives simply by charging people. You charge somebody with sexual assault, with sexual harassment, with rape, their life is over unless they get killed at a Black Lives Matter rally in which they're heralded as the, one of the best people ever. But on the other side, sure, Kyle drew national attention and was able to raise some money to be able to afford adequate representation. But that is not normal. Normally, they might get a public defender who's represented six people. That is normal. That's what normally happens in this country. And the left must forget, well, I guess they don't care, that unless it fits the narrative, they just say whatever they want. Cross went on to know a short time later that several Republicans, including Matt Gates, Paul Gassar, and Madison Cawthorn, want to make him a congressional intern. I find these people disgusting. I'm disgusted at what I'm seeing. It's not just this trial, it's other trials, but this in particular, the fact that the white, white supremacists roam the halls of Congress freely and celebrate this little murderous white supremacist and the fact that he gets to walk the streets freely, it lets you know that these people have access to instituting laws. They represent the le legislative branch of this country. What are we to make of that? This is what the adults on the left believe. That's what they believe. Now, what do they want to teach your kids? Well, a Catholic university, Xavier University, hosts a gala, gala, not gala, not G-A-L-A, G-A-Y-L-A, to celebrate Pride Week. Xavier University celebrated Pride Week last month with a gala. The school follows a trend of Catholic institutions embracing programming that challenges traditional religious doctrine. Xavier University, a Roman Catholic institution in Louisiana, recently hosted a gala to celebrate the end of Pride Week. The event was sponsored by the office's uh, Department of Inclusion and Social Justice, which supports with support from Gilead Sciences, the manufacturer of Trivada, a medication that helps prevent the HIV infection. Last year, Gilead Sciences awarded Xavier the Racial Equity Community Impact Fund, which supports the promotion of community advocacy and mobilization. Catholic Answers President, Christopher Check told Campus Reform that Xavier is contradicting the work of its founder, St. Catherine Drexel. He continued, a public celebration of self-destructive behavior far from being consistent with, his le with this legacy dishonors the, this great saint's love of the poor and marginalized whom she devoted her life. He continued to call the university, university a grave scandal, suggesting if Dr. Reynolds Verre truly loved his students, he would desire the good for them 
That would mean telling them the truth and love about God's design for human sexuality. Local broadcast news covered Xavier's Gala and its Pride Week programming featuring students supporting the event. In September, news released the Catholic lead for religious and civil rights expressed a cultural shift of Catholicism on college campuses. The federal government has been sued for allowing Orthodox religious schools to receive federal funds, schools which maintain that marriage is the union of a man and a woman, not people of the same sex. Colleges have been sued for denying biological men to live in women's dorms. Campus Reform previously reported on liberal bias infiltrating Catholic institutions, causing tensions with their traditional religious values and doctrines. For example, Carlisle University operates an LGBTQ plus allyship training for students, faculty, and staff. Additionally, Notre Dame University runs an official alumni rainbow community. Campus Forum reached out to Xavier University for this comment, and they have not replied. Folks. For the first time. Folks. This is what the left has come to in this country. If they they're they're within the Catholics, the Catholics are falling to the woke. I thought they would be the last people to fall to the woke. Here's Kamala Harris's, or we'll play Kamala Harris's response to this shortly after these messages. that she literally imprisoned people like who didn't deserve to be there. No, nobody wants nobody wants to talk about that. No. I do want to play this clip from uh, I believe it was Thursday afternoon Friday of Lauren Boebert. I think I just think it needs to be played and then we'll wrap this show up for the day after that. Democrat policies are so pathetic and have done so poorly that the left has nothing else to do but troll the internet looking for ways to get offended and then try to target members and strip them of their committees. This is a dumb waste of the House's time. But since the Speaker has designated the floor to discuss members' inappropriate actions, shall we? The Jihad Squad member from Minnesota has paid her husband, and not her brother husband, the other one, over a million dollars in campaign funds. This member is allowed on the Foreign Affairs Committee while praising terrorists. A Democrat chairwoman incited further violence in the streets outside of a courthouse. And then the cherry on top. My colleague and three-month presidential candidate from California, who is on the Intelligence Committee, slept with Fang Fang, a Chinese spy. Let me say that again. A member of Congress who receives classified briefings was sleeping with the enemy. This is unacceptable, and this would never be... his time's expired. Gentleman from Florida. Well, she's fiery. They say don't get between a mama bird... And her cub, but don't get between Lauren Boebert and making fun of the left. Look, it's great. That that's absolutely 
Amazing. So we heard Kamala Harris's response to that. What was Donald Trump's response? Well, this is what President Trump had to say. Uh, President Trump uh, also just released a book that I think we'll talk about tomorrow. Uh, Mr. President, thank you for being here uh, tonight. Your reaction to today's verdict? Well, thank you, Laura. I think that it was a great decision. I was surprised it had to go this far. Somebody should have ended it earlier, and frankly, the case should have never been brought. It was prosecutorial misconduct, in my opinion, and there's plenty of it going on in this country right now that was disgraceful. It was, if you're talking about uh, innocence based on self-defense, this was the poster boy. Uh, I think he would have been dead if he had waited a quarter of a second when that gun was pointed at his head. That guy was going to pull that trigger, and uh, literally you're talking about less than a second. He would have been dead. There wouldn't have been a trial because they probably wouldn't have tried the person that pulled the trigger. So he Mm -hmm. was – I was very happy to see it. A lot of people were very happy to see it, most people. Yeah, I think think he's 100% right. I mean, watching that young man who is, again, my – age basically i mean i'm like probably like 18 months older than him was absolutely watching him tear up was crazy now to get into some other um to get into some other news there uh let let me let me get this clip ready so the ahmaud aubrey uh murder it it was murder it uh it has taken place in uh that took place about 45 minutes north of where i live and uh, I think the closing arguments are are going on probably right now. Um, now I do want to I do want to clear the air on on something. So I actually know one of the defendants or one of the lawyers, the one representing uh, Mr. Roddy Bryant, and he he's a friend of mine. And I do want to play this clip, and I I do want to talk about it a little bit because I I think we'll talk about it after we play the clip. My understanding, while well, I was cross-examining investigator Lowry yesterday is that the right Reverend Al Sharpton managed to find his way into the back of the courtroom. I'm guessing he was somehow there at the invitation of the victim's family in this case. And I have nothing personally against Mr. Sharpton. My concern is that it's one thing for the family to be present. It's another thing to ask for the lawyers to be present. But if we're going to start a precedent Starting yesterday, we're going to bring high-profile members of the African-American community into the courtroom to sit with the family during the trial in the presence of the jury. I believe that's intimidating, and it's an attempt to pressure. Could be consciously or unconsciously an attempt to, to pressure or influence the jury. Obviously, there's only so many pastors they can have. And if their pastor's Al Sharpton right now, that's fine. But then that's it. We don't want any more black pastors coming in here or other Jesse Jackson, whoever was in was in here earlier this week, sitting with the victim's family, trying to influence a jury in this case. But I think the court can understand my concern uh, about bringing people in who really don't have any ties to this case other than political interests. And, and we want to keep politics out of this case. Well, I will tell you that I... Okay, and this is what the judge had to say. Noticed him once, and that was it. And the fact that nobody else even noticed that he was in here means that everybody complied with this court's rulings on sitting in this courtroom and listening to the evidence. 
I don't hear a motion, and I will tell you this, I'm not going to blanketly exclude members of the public from this courtroom. Okay, so that is that that has made the um, that has made the rounds. Uh, you know what what's getting clipped is the whole black pastors comment, and a lot of people are equating because he's representing a guy who's you know basically accused of being complicit in killing uh, an un- an unarmed black male. Which again, my opinion on this the entire time is that you know the trap the McMichaels, you know guilty guilty as charged. Roddy Bryant, I'm not too sure about. I mean, he, he didn't pull the trigger. Uh, yeah, I think I think Roddy Bryant's more of a wrong place, wrong time. Again, I don't know. You know, I'm not in the courtroom. I'm. I need to pay attention. But my that guy is my. Uh, I I wouldn't necessarily say friend, but he's an acquaintance. I've known him for probably a year or so at this point. And one thing that I will say is, I can tell you firsthand that Kevin Goff is not racist. I can tell you firsthand Kevin Goff is not racist. I know him personally. Um, he was running for to be the GOP chair of our congressional district. And I will tell you, he stood up and during his chairman's speech, he completely obliterated uh, a group of anti, um, I would say anti, not anti-Semites, um, anti-Arab uh, people who had, who had protested very loudly and uh, made a lady from the congressional district who wanted to come and run for an office had made her so uncomfortable that she feared for her life. He got up there. He said, there's no room for bigotry in our party. He got up there and he said, there's no room for racism in the party. I can tell you right now, Kevin Goff is a lot of things. Interesting, uh, smart, um, maybe could dress a little bit better, but he is not racist. And I know um, I know that this case doesn't always make it look good, him representing people who are accused of murdering, uh, basically for racial purposes, murdering a, a black uh, on our male. And again, I'm not going to speak in, in defense of Travis McMichael and Gregory McMichael. I think they're both guilty of murder. I think that um, I think that if they get off because of that, uh, way outdated law from the civil war that it will be a true miscarriage of justice. I really do because Ahmaud Aubrey was not committing a felony anyway. And also Kevin did not ask me to do this. I haven't spoke to Kevin in a while. Uh, as you can tell, he's in a church or he's in a, he's, you know, in probably the court case of the state of the decade. But what I will say is I, I, I believe I owe it to him to, uh, defend how I, I don't believe he is racist. I don't believe he has a racist bone in his body. I think that he, under a lot of stress, said something that is not necessarily untrue. Should he have said black pastors? No. No, he shouldn't. Should he have said, if it, to follow his lane, uh, his Elena logic, that high notoriety people who have no ties to this community, no ties to the case, and are trying to make political score, maybe you can make an argument, right? Maybe you can. Again, it's a public courtroom, and I think anybody should be able to be in that courtroom listening for any reason because it's in, they're there in order to make sure that the justice system is fair and that people aren't being 
falsely imprisoned. Now, that's the last I want to talk about this until the verdict comes out. So closing arguments are today. They could be on right now, but uh, I expect we'll have a verdict by the end of the week. Um, maybe really even by Wednesday, given how um, jur- the jury won't be coming in on Thursday, probably won't want to come in on Friday. So maybe we'll have a verdict on Wednesday. If not, it'll be the week after. And also, uh, if you're listening this late, I will let you know that there are some high speculations that former Senator David Perdue will be hopping into the Georgia governor race uh, next week. I can't confirm nor deny, and I can't reveal my sources, but if I was a betting man, I would bet some money on it. Hey, Noah here. I wanted to take a second because I realized I don't know if you know who I am. So I like to take the last few minutes of every single show to tell you who I am. I mean, you're turning to the dial right now. You know, you may have no, have no idea who I am. My name is Noah Ring. I'm foremost the, uh, the, the most prominent college conservative activist in the country. Uh, I got my start a couple of years ago uh, in 2016-ish, you know, working uh, to try to help uh, Donald Trump get elected. Since then, uh, obviously, I've grown up a little bit since 2016. I was only 15 in 2016 when Donald Trump was elected to be the president of the United States. And I spent four years defending Donald Trump's uh, America First policy, defending him in the classroom. I uh, have kind of, I've kind of token that that I I fight for conservatism and Trump in the classroom. So that's what I've done for the last four years. I've fought for Donald Trump against radical left wing professors, students, administrators, everyone. I also helped to defend many students across this country. Look, a lot of people weren't lucky like me and lived in a very conservative school district, and a lot of people are afraid that if they speak out against their radical professors or their radical teachers or principals or whoever, that they will be ridiculed and they'll be grade docked, which if you don't know what grade docking is, it's when they drop your grade uh, simply because they don't like you, simply because in this case, you support Donald Trump, you support uh, pro-life, pro-gun, and you are for America first. With that being said, I am a contributor with Campus Reform, meaning whenever I find some story that of some teacher doing absolutely crazy work or some college being overly overly biased i report on it because that is important the the future of america is right is in college right now my generation will decide what happens gen x is overwhelmingly conservative the millennial generation is overwhelmingly liberal my generation will be the biggest thing because i saw a statistic a couple of years ago that by the 2028 election my generation will be the biggest voting block in the country And I don't know about you, but I want to live under a Republican-led country, led by the conservative ideals of limited government, limited uh, personal responsibility, limited government, and liberty. That is what the Founding Fathers guaranteed to us, and that's what I want to live by. So every Monday, I'm right here, 8 to 10 a.m., whether you're listening to this uh, on the radio or you're listening to this on the internet live stream, I'm right here. If you ever have any questions at all, you can email me, noah at noahring.org. That's my personal email. I check that. Too many times a day, honestly. Uh, You can also text me at 912-254-4838, 912-254-4838. But what I really seek to do with this podcast, with this radio show, is I seek to give my generation what is needed for them to fight back against the radical left on college campuses. Because I've seen firsthand what happens when one party rule comes to these college campuses. You think can't you think California's bad? Wait until you step foot on a college campus.
Because at least in California, you have the protections of the Constitution of the United States. At college, you don't have those protections. So that's what I, that's who I am. That's what I'm doing. And that's why I, and I appreciate you, the American people, the great people of America, listening and giving me this platform to be able to speak to you for, you know, roughly two hours a day, which my sixth grade teachers told me that I'd never make anything in my life talking so much, but look who has proved her wrong. Now, with that being said, make sure that you come back tomorrow at 8 a.m., 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. every single morning. We have great guests on all the time. We've interviewed uh, former Secretary of the Agriculture, Sonny Perdue. We've interviewed Marjorie Taylor Greene, Mike Collins, uh, Congressman Gary Graves. We've interviewed all these people. We've interviewed senators, congressmen, governors, uh, all these people who candidates as well, and just interesting people we had on a guy named uh, Alejandro who used to be a member of Antifa and now and Black Lives Matter, and now he is one of the biggest people fighting back against those very organizations. So we have on great guests all the time, and we bring you the news that nobody else is going to bring you. You're not going to find these headlines on Fox News because I have a lot of I have a lot of people throughout the country who are looking for stories uh, that are happening in high schools and colleges and even even really some corporations and Fox news doesn't cover those for whatever reason. So I guess I have to do that. So I hope that you will tune back in tomorrow morning at 8 AM as we take on the left one more time. I don't know how long I'll have this platform. I don't know how long I'll be on social media, but we will take on the left one more time tomorrow morning at 8 AM ending at 10 AM. So it's perfect for your morning commute. And also if you can't listen to this live, you know, some people are busy, whatever I do typically upload the first hour, first 40 or so minutes of the first hour to the podcast, which you can find at noahring.org. But thank you so much for tuning in today and we will see you on the other side. This is Michael J. Fox. Visit our website for more resources and to learn how you play a part in speeding a cure at michaeljfox.org. The Michael J. Fox Foundation, here until Parkinson's isn't. Hey Niner fans, George Kittle here with a pro tip for making the best play on your eyewear. Visit Zinni.com, the official eyewear of the 49ers. Zinni has changed the game for you, finally making prescription glasses affordable for everyone. At Zinni, you can find over 3,000 frames with unbelievable prices. Look for the Kittles collection so you can rock our styles every day too. So visit Z-E-N-N-I.com, start shopping from home using their virtual try-on, and change your eyewear game forever.